think you have a gambling problem at all? No, because I can stop gambling. I have a competition problem. Welcome into the competition problem. We are nearing the end of February. Ben Bobick with you, along with Mike Ionello. Another great weekend, Mike. Boy, great finish out there at Riviera. Playoff. Max Homa. What a win for him. What a win for Max, and what a win for the competition problem. I mean, I hope you guys listen to our golf bets, because we usually give out, you know, two, three, four names, depending on the week. And, you know, we don't just sit here and like, obviously, you know, we talked about DJ a little bit, but you, you look at the big names that played last week. We, we didn't really, we didn't talk about, you know, Rory. We didn't talk about JT. We didn't talk about Bryson. We didn't talk about John Rom. I talked about Max Homa and you talked about Tony Finau. I mean, my God, look at us. We were, I was sitting there in the playoffs and I even said to Dana, I was like, I don't even care who wins because I like both these golfers and they like at this point, Hey, if you listen to me, you won with Homa. If you listen to Ben, you would have won with Finau. So hopefully you listen to both of us and took them both. And you were sitting pretty at the end of that being like, yeah, I don't care who wins. Cause I'm winning either way. So when we give out these guys, hopefully you listen. Cause I love, I loved Homa. Ben loved Finau. Boom. Look at that. Not to mention one of my best bets a week ago. Uh, with Jordan Spieth over Scotty Chef. A little bit of a sweat there on 18, but another win in its own right as well. One of my that best hit. bets. Yeah. So our Victor uh, Victor Hovland bet hit, which we both loved. So it was a good week, yeah, good week golf wise. It was awesome. The NASCAR race was a bit weird there, Daytona Road Course. That got interesting there. Um obviously Chase Elliott in the lead for a good bit of the good bit of the race and kind of just got a little funky there in the last stage. Uh, down the stretch and uh, first and I'm actually no, I'll let you say the stat Mike because you had it lined up for today and, and I and I kind of uh, mentioned it yesterday to you but uh, two first two races in the NASCAR Cup Series season back-to-back first-time winners did that ever happen yeah. before Mike yes Ben actually it, it's, it's the first time it's happened since 1950 that the first two races in the Cup Series have ever won were guys first career wins and uh, obviously, you know, we're not going to talk NASCAR this week. We'll, we'll do that on the uh, episode that comes out Friday. But just a little teaser, I may like the trend to continue. I may pick another another first-time first time winner this week at uh, at Homestead. Absolutely. And, and a shout-out to Michael McDowell, who raced pretty well on Sunday. I, I'm calling my own – I'm calling myself out on that. I didn't like McDowell, McDowell on Sunday, and he raced well. Also, although he did look like he forgot how to drive the first couple laps, but yeah, he, he came back at the end. I'm going to give a shout out to Ben for a little bit of half credit because Ben talked about how much he liked Eric Jones. And I said, well, hey, I'm a little nervous, Ben, because he switched cars. He's no longer in the 20. He's in the 43 now. But Ben had gone back and looked at the stats. And you know what, Ben? You just were looking at the wrong the wrong category. Ben was like, wow, Eric, Eric Jones has had some good runs at dirt courses or uh road courses well maybe ben it was the 20 car you should have stuck with because you were you were looking at the right you had the right wavelength so i'm gonna give you a little half credit because you you were like hey the 20 team runs well i'm sticking with eric jones you should have stuck with the car but hey you were on the right path so i'll give you a little half credit for that <laughs> hey we're working hard we're close we're close, we're close. Heads, heads, heads in the ballpark at least you we're, were looking we're, at the right stats yeah. you just you, you, yeah, you followed them to the wrong team 
just got to finish. It's what it's about. Um, <laughs> a lot of great bets placed out here this past weekend. We've just talked about a couple bad ones, though. A couple we, a couple bad ones we'd probably still make again. Uh, let's. We always start with the good news. Mike, what was your best bet from this this past week? Um, I'm gonna go with just a, a fun one that that avalanche bet because I said it as soon as you saw that puck drop with those snow covered mountains, you knew the Avs were winning. Now, granted, by the time they won it, you couldn't even see the snow covered mountains. But hey, there's nothing like sweating a 10 hour long hockey game. Started at three o'clock. We didn't cash it till Tuesday morning or till Sunday morning at two in the morning. Boom, three two abs win in the snow, never a doubt. And you were feeling good about it too because they were up one nothing. So you're like, yeah. hey, the abs are winning. Yeah, yeah. The, dot was, the little action dot was green for like 10 hours. It was gorgeous. Awesome scene. Obviously, the sun kind of spoiled the day festivities, but man, that make for some great picturesque, picturesque stuff. And uh, and credit to the NHL for pulling trig on doing that too, because this was absolutely the year to do it out there at Lake Tahoe when there's yeah. no fans in the in the arenas. Go out there in the wilderness with the mountains and, and the lake in the background. Awesome scene. My best bet is the next big thing in in sports. <laughs> the Empress of Tomorrow, Naomi Osaka. Hope you listened a week ago. Plus one thirty to win the Australian Open as a Final Four member. Won in won it in straight sets. Beat Serena in straight sets. Won the final match in straight sets. Just as for her fourth Grand Slam title, I expect her to win more Grand Slam championships this year. I think it could be the year of Osaka, and let's ride the wave. Uh, she handled it with grace as she typically does. She's turned into one of my favorite athletes, and happy to be able to cash in on her on her just tremendous run at the Australian Open. But we turn the corner. We go 180. What was your worst bet, Mike? little two-parter, FCS football. Sanford minus six and a half, North Dakota State minus 25 and a half. And to, to take a line that Ben likes to use, I was just ignorant. I mean, I don't know anything about FCS football, Ben. <laughs> so what what the heck was I thinking trying to guess what was going to happen and bet against bet on FCS game? I don't know. FC, I don't watch it. Don't know anything about it. Just, you know, read a couple articles, thought, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Looked up some stats. I don't know FCS football. It was just an ignorant, ignorant to try to bet it. Dumbest bet. Yeah, I respect that you used it the proper way as well. So, to the cap to you on that. Yep, <laughs> I feel you. I same. I do watch FCS football. I just lost. <laughs> my, my so maybe I just think, which is probably the truth. But uh, my worst bet was actually Monday night. Uh, I bet the Citadel plus. Eight and a half at Mercer, and they just got piped by 36. I mean, absolutely stroked. Stroked. (laughs) There was no no hope for that at all whatsoever, plus eight and a half. Uh, He just lost by 36. I checked that score like 10 minutes into the game. It was like 30 to 10. They were down 20. Before I even realized the game had started, they were down 20. It was just a pumping. And for real ones out there that, that consistently listen to this show, uh, TBT to San Jose State when they covered a 30-point spread against San Diego State, and <laughs> the Citadel couldn't even cover a 30-point spread against Mercer and Macon. Macon, Georgia, they played that game. The Bears pumped them by 36, Mike, so that was just a terrible bet. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, a couple, ba- <laughs> couple bad ones we made out there we probably still make again. How about you? 
Yeah, we, we kind of touched on it. I, I would take Chase Elliott to win again, and I'm going to probably take him at the next road course. I mean, the dude led 44 of 70 laps. Clearly the best car. Clearly the best driver on these courses. He just got a little, you know, he even said after. He made one too many mistakes. Um, he had the he had a weird pit stop late when they had the, the rain caution. He pitted too late, kind of got stuck behind the field, and then trying to make a late move kind of spun off the track. What are you going to do? He was dominant. He's the best driver on those. He was the best. He was the best driver all day. So I would take him again. You're, you're not. That's the thing about NASCAR. Best driver doesn't always win, but I'm always going to feel confident having money on the best driver. Yeah, I agree. Definitely would go with Chase in and will be going with Chase again. For me, it and it's just the tip of the cap to what's been a fantastic weekend um, on this front. Uh, so I'm taking Sidney Crosby to score a goal in his 1,000th game. I'm taking him to score a goal in his 1,000th <laughs> and second game. I'll take him to score a goal in his 1,144th game. Uh, I will take him to score whenever. And that was a really special moment, special moment for Penguins fans, Sidney Crosby fans, Saturday night in Pittsburgh to see the first ever Pittsburgh Penguin play 1,000 games. Just really cool. They did what they did pregame with what they did. Thought they knocked it out of the park with everyone kind of talking about him. Uh, didn't hit. He set up the game winner. Set up Latang twice, which was, I think, more of a testament to Sidney Crosby and his career and what he does on the ice and off. So I'm taking that every day of the week. 110% Sidney Crosby to score a goal in his 1,000th game, no doubter. It was fun, and uh, we got a lot of fun stuff planned for this week as well. We got the World Golf Classic event. The Workday Championship, which is supposed to be the Mexico Championship, obviously can't travel internationally right now to play some golf, so they're going to do it on the Sun Coast. Back-to-back professional golf tournaments on the Sun Coast. The Corn Ferry Tour was at Lakewood Ranch last week, Florida. This week is at the Concession Golf Club in Bradenton, Florida, home of the Pittsburgh Pirates currently as well, now that spring training is underway. Uh, Right there on the Sun Coast in Manatee County, Florida, my old stomping grounds. Mind you, as well, I spent two years down in Sarasota, probably just 20 minutes south of Bradenton, Florida. Going to be fun. We're going to throw some names out there. Another loaded field, Mike, so it should be fun. So when we come back on the competition problem, Mike and Mike and I are going to break down the WGC Workday Championship right here. You're listening to the competition problem. Support for the Chat 10 Sports Podcast Network is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. And guys, we've all been there in the shower, trying to clean up a little bit and trim up, you know, make it nice looking. And all of a sudden, we find out the hard way how wide those teeth are on those old-style trimmers. Well, that's why Manscaped has completely redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Now, go to manscaped.com, and with our code CTS20, you get 20% off and free shipping. I said 20% off and free shipping when you go to manscaped.com and use our code CTS20. We hope you enjoy, and let's get back to the episode. Welcome back into the competition problem with Ben Bobick and Mike Ionello. The Workday Championship World Golf Classic event moved from Mexico to the Sun Coast. Bradenton, Florida, the Concession Golf Club. Another loaded field after a great Genesis Invitational at Riviera. They are now back on the East Coast as they begin a little Florida swing. We'll have the Workday Championship followed by the Arnie Palmer Classic of Bay Hill and the players. So, uh, But first, starts up 
in Bradenton, Florida, Manatee County, Florida. Great place. Had a lot of great moment, moments there, a lot of memories there. Mike and I together had a lot of great moments in Bradenton, Florida, when he would come down to visit a few times. Yeah, uh, what are you liking this week? What are you looking forward to? What are some guys you're thinking about? Let me hear your thoughts on the Workday Championship. So this is kind of a hard a hard field to handicap just because it's the first ever PGA Tour event that's been here. So you don't have any course history. You don't have any, you know, former former uh, rounds to look at. Um, a little different for those of you who aren't familiar with the world uh, golf kind of format. 72-man field is what, the top 50 plus like 22 invites? Um, so only 72 guys, so there's no cut, which is interesting because, you know, then – so anyone you have, they're kind of always alive. Um this is, I don't think, we, I don't know if they've done this yet, but I'm, I'm giving out a pick to win. Normally, you know, we talk about a little, you know, value on a top 10. I love John Rahm this week. John Rahm's a guy that's been thrown around there that could potentially be a winner this week. They like his value more in Dustin Johnson's. I, I do. He's got, he's plus 850, which is really solid. Um, and I really liked how he played on Sunday. Uh, he shot a 566 and he was just striping the ball. He led the field in greens and regulation. I mean, I, I don't need to really go through John Rahm's stats. Everyone knows how good he is. Third on the tour in, in you know, strokes gained, tee to green. Um, but a big thing I, I was trying to figure out about this course, and so I was reading a lot of articles about it, and one of the things I kept seeing was they kept trying to find, like, almost a comparison course that was, like, similar. And a lot of them kept talking about Mirfield Village. It's all that same another, thing, yeah. Yep, another Jack Nicholas course. Uh, which John Rom dominated last year. He won the Memorial with um, uh, he was nine under. So I love Rom. I love plus eight fifty to win on John Rom. You mentioned that this is a place. It's the first PGA Tour event there. Not much history there. I know there you're is say the old twenty two thousand fifteen baby. <laughs> there is a little history there, Mike. You love just, this stuff. We love this stuff. We I absolutely love this. Stuff. I saw the stat. And I knew immediately that you were going to bring it up. I mean, it's it's too good not it's too good not to bring up, Mike. It, it, yeah. it, it's why it's why we do what we do. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, just Bryson DeChambeau won the NCAA championship at the Concession Golf Club back in 2015. It's really SMU the only Must- person for the SMU Mustangs. For the SMU Mustangs, shout out to them. But he obviously had a terrible week at the Riv, missed the cut, uh, was tough. Uh, and and I, the one thing I've been seeing a lot about concession is like long, long, you know, it could be potential, potentially be a long course. So you think long, you think, all right, who hits it the farthest? And, dude, if he could kind of straighten it off the tee, I think he could compete because I just – because if it's a longer course, he's going to have, uh, you know, just shorter looks in to the greens than most. Uh, I, th- I think it's a tee to green, tee to green t- sort of tournament. Uh, and if that's the case – you think T to green, it's our boy uh, Patrick Cantlay, who's obviously been great T to green, but can't putt, but uh, different. But I, I think DeChambeau, I mean, he's plus 1850 to win, but even a p- top 10 for DeChambeau is plus 200. There's some value there. Sprinkle five on him to plus uh, plus 200 top 10 because if he's a good chance he could play well. And I, I think he'll bounce back to make the cut at least. Yeah, like you said, he's, he's, he's played the course, which, you know, I'm sure will help a lot in these situations. Um See, I actually slightly disagree with you in the sense where I, I didn't think off the tee was as important. I was kind of more thinking that everything I read was that the the greens, which again, I mean, if you obviously if you have a 
shorter in, you're gonna it's gonna be an advantage. But that the greens here are really tough. Um, so to me, I I was more looking at guys who were really good around the green and really good putters was kind of how I was looking at my card. Um, so the name I circled is Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson is sixth on the tour in putting, fifth in strokes gain around the green in the last six months. And uh, Bermuda Greens is his best putting surface, which is what these are. So I love Webb Simpson. He's got a, an elite short game, uh, and he's plus 250 for a top 10. So I love that. And honestly, he's minus one, 100 for a top 20. So you're getting Webb Simpson wow. at, at essentially even money for a top 20. And then maybe you throw a little on him for 250 at, at, for a top 10. I, I kind of really like his short game, and I think that'll, that'll help him a lot here. So he's one. He's another one I'm, I'm really looking at this week. I just just wanted to check the uh, wanted to check the weather um, for this weekend just to see. Man, it is supposed to be gorgeous. A little cloudy, nothing. Partly cloudy, mid eighties this weekend, Bradenton, Florida. <laughs> so it's wow. going to be nice. So we don't have to worry too much about that. Obviously, we had that that big wind uh, the wind delay out there at the Riv on this past yeah. weekend. So nice. uh, another guy, uh, how, do you, how do you feel about flipping the script on Scotty chef? He did shoot a 66 on Sunday. I thought about it. Made the cut yeah. again. Top 10 plus three thirty-five. Not too bad, huh? He's another one that has a really, really good short game. I, I thought about it. I looked, I didn't write him down, but I definitely, I definitely like that a lot. He's not, yeah, really good short game on him too. And I don't know if you want to fade Max Homa after an emotional win for him at the rib, but I, I worked definitely. on two matchups for him. Uh, I would definitely fade him. Uh, he has two matchups that I did I didn't mind. It was him over Sergio at plus one hundred six, and then him over Harris English at plus one eighteen. Harris English has been tough the past couple couple tournaments. He has not been playing well ever since he won. Yeah. I- like I said, I actually would fade Homa, but the two you mentioned, I actually don't hate. <laughs> you know, because like it's not poppy guys; it's plus money for him over Sergio and Harris English has been really bad since he won a tournament, or at least just hasn't performing that well. So it just makes me think, like, well, what's going to change now? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't hate it. Uh, the last guy I had written down is Matthew Fitzpatrick. Um, he's another one that he actually didn't hit the ball great last week at the Riv, but he finished uh, fifth because his short game and putting were awesome last week. I mean, he was putting the ball out of his mind. And he, like, typically you don't necessarily want to bet on a guy who put who just had a hot putter because that's not sustainable. But he actually is one of those guys that's pretty good putting always. Um, and he's had a lot of success at the WGCs. Um, he's got five top tens in 14, round, or 14 tournaments. So I had actually written a couple of, uh, bets for him that I found that I liked is he's plus 155 for a top 20, which I like okay. a lot. He's minus 115 in a matchup against Louis Ustazen. Oh, former open champion, major champion. And if you really, really liked Fitzpatrick, he's plus 450 to be the top English golfer. So, wow, that like that, huh? And the two guys ahead of him on there. The two only guys with better odds are Terrell Hatton and Tommy Fleetwood, both of which who are good and capable of going low, but also both of which who this will be their first tournament in America this year. Um, and Fleetwood has played well. Fleetwood, and Fitzpatrick Fleetwood actually hasn't even been playing that well in the Euro Tour. Um, 
And Hatton was kind of Hatton kind of last year on the PGA Tour came out on fire and then really really struggled at the back half of 2020. Um, so I honestly kind of like a little a little sprinkle on Fitzy as the the top Englishman. Yeah, that would be fun. I love it. I think it's going to be a great tournament to get back on the East Coast down in there in Florida. It's going to be hot. It's going to be sunny. It's going to make us all feel a little bit decent, especially for you, those of you up north who it's been kind of crappy weather. This is also a good tournament, and maybe we'll touch on it in our our Thursday episode. I mean, that'll be after the first round. But um, a stat I sent Ben is the fifty four hole leaders this year on tour uh, are two for eleven. So the guy leading going into Sunday is only one two of the last eleven tournament. Well, now twelve uh, two of the last twelve uh, on tour this year. So especially when you have a tournament like this where you have so many top guys, so many high skill guys, and there's no cut, this is probably a pretty good week to get into some live betting because you're going to have plenty of guys up near the top of the leaderboard who are capable of shooting, you know, a 66 on Sunday and coming from behind. You know, you're not going to have to worry about a guy in third who hasn't been there, but you're going to have, you know, depending on who's leading, you're going to have the ROMs, the DJs, the JTs, the Brysons kind of all lurking there. And you just got to pick one to get really hot on Sunday and they can easily shoot super low and win this. So I think this will be a fun, a fun week to live bet guys kind of get to see who's playing well and maybe jump on someone who misses a few pots to finish fifth and you get him at plus value and hope he shoots a 65 and wins the tournament. Absolutely. Live betting golf's fun too, especially if you throw in a few picks on Thursday and it'll make the weekend and, and he's, he's still, you're still alive. It's obviously the long game. One of my best bets a week ago was Jordan Spieth. Didn't find out he was winning until, until Sunday evening. So it's going to be a fun week down there on the Sun Coast in Manatee County, Florida, Bradenton, Florida, Concession Golf Club, WGC Workday Championship. When we come back, we're going to dish out three best bets each. Each coming your way, you're listening to The Competition Problem. Do you live in the Chattanooga area or the greater Chattanooga area and you're looking for a great spot to grab some delicious food with the family or say you want to grab a patio spot and enjoy some appetizers with a cold adult beverage? What's up, you guys? It's Trey Wynn from Chat 10 Sports, and I'm here to tell you that Parkway Poorhouse is the perfect spot for either occasion. You can go to parkwaypoorhouse.com and plan your visit today and be sure and tell the guys the Chat 10 Sports crew sent you. Welcome back into the competition problem. It is best bet time. I'm Ben Bobick and Mike Ainello's here. Mike, you have the floor, brother. Two and one. I went 0 and 3 on my picks on Thursday. I hope you don't hope you didn't listen. I know it contradicts everything we said before about how you should listen. But <laughs> well I'm just stuck. I said to Ben, technically his weekend quote unquote picks went 0 and 3, but he had the Speeth and uh, Osaka ones kind of banked, so you picked up two two late wins as well. Um, yeah, two two long term wins, did he? And they were they were sweet too. Oh yeah, um, you're playing you're playing the long game over here. So I'm going back to hockey, per usual. Uh, for Wednesday night, I'm going with my first pick is going to be the Florida Panthers minus one twenty four against the Dallas Stars. Um. I just think Florida, I think that number should be bigger. I think Florida is one of those teams where they came out really hot and people just keep kind of expecting them to cool off and they're just not doing it. So I feel like people keep thinking they're not for real. And I just think they are. Um, they're fifth in the league in goals per game. 
Uh, Huberto and Barkov both are averaging over a point per game. Here's here's what I wanted to throw at Ben because I know he'll love this. Florida's gotten a ton from their leading goal scorer with eight goals this year. Patrick Hornquist has been phenomenal for them. He's got five power play goals, fourth in the NHL. Um, so between, you know, they have so much depth on offense with guys like Hornquist and Carter Verhage, former Bridgeport Sound Tiger. Uh, love, love Carter. So they've got a lot of depth on offense. And then uh, Chris, Chris Drieger has been awesome for them in goal. Um, but Brofsky's kind of, you know, he's hit or miss. He's overpaid, but Drieger's been great. He's seven, one and one this year with a nine, two, nine save percentage. So I love what Florida's Florida's got. And uh, Dallas has just had a weird year. I mean, they had their season delayed because of COVID. Then they had po- games postponed for snowstorms and like no power. So they're five, four and four this season. So, I mean, they've only played, was that like 12 games? Um, the Panthers won three to one on Monday night. Uh, they outshot the stars 52 to 25. Just totally outplayed them. I think Florida's just a better team. So I, I like getting that 124. I think that's, I think that number should be more like 140. So I'll take minus 124 on the Panthers. Panthers are having a nice little season. They're competing. They're competing. Yeah, that's really what I'm well. saying. I think, I think people don't really realize how good they are. Yeah, and good for them. I'm also going to step into your realm because you've just been it, – it's almost in its own way, like sandbagging it in its own right with, <laughs> with, with your hockey picks. It's like it, 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 But, like, you can't hate on it because they're winners. Go with what you I'm know, baby. Them. I'm betting them. Yeah, I can't even hate. I'm betting them. If we're recording this Tuesday night. We went two and out tonight on your hockey bets. Pens won, and who was out? Who was it? The Hawks. Yeah, Blackhawks. Both won in overtime. One was <laughs> in a shootout. Little little Tuesday night thriller for you boys. Excellent. So I'm going hockey too. I'm going Flyers money line against the New York Rangers. Mike's Mike's real pumped up. I picked this because he definitely had it written down too. It's a great pick. It's the same thing. Minus one twenty two. Flyers just got piped by the Bruins. So, I mean, come on. They, haven't, they had a couple games postponed. I think they get it going. They also lost to the Rangers in, in, in a shootout. So, it's like, come on. Flyers are a better team than the Rangers. Go win. Uh, minus 122 as well. I think it should be higher. I still think you're getting great value on it. So, I like Philadelphia against the New York Rangers, the better team. And they, they're due for a win uh, after a couple postponements and back-to-back losses. You also have Claude Giroux practice today and is off the COVID list. So there's a good chance they get their captain back. Uh, I believe Brian Elliott's starting, who that's, I think that'll help them. Elliott's been really solid this year. And and the Rangers don't have Panarin. He's he's off hiding from the, the Russian mob that's apparently coming after him. So, you know, a little scary stuff, honestly. Hope, hope everything's okay with Panarin. But he's the only guy in the Rangers lineup who can score. So I, I love that pick. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, my second pick, staying with hockey. Um, I'm picking an underdog in this one. I'm going to go with the Carolina Hurricanes plus 130 at Tampa Bay. And my thought process here is that's just too big of a number for uh, Carolina. Both these teams are awesome. Carolina's 12-4-1. Tampa Bay's 11-4-1. These are probably the two best teams in the Central, right? Whatever division they're in now, yeah, all, I think so. Central. Should be the East, but it's the Central. Yeah, both these teams are sick, and I think one. I think this should be a. You know, I think Tampa should be minus one ten, and Carolina should be plus one ten. So if I'm getting Carolina at plus one thirty, I'll take that. Um, Carolina won this game four no, nothing on Saturday. 
Tampa won it 4-2 on Monday. And by the way, I told Ben to bet Tampa on Monday, and he did, and they won. So I, I just think this continues to go back and forth. I think Carolina wins it on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, I'll probably take Tampa Bay again. I think they just continue to alternate uh, who wins. I think they're both just super even. And a key for hockey, especially when you have these games going back-to-back, is kind of the line movement because unless someone gets hurt, it really shouldn't change. So Carolina was plus 135 on Saturday. They won. And then it moved all the way down to plus 110 on Monday. And then they lost. And now it's back up to plus 130. It's the same teams. The line really shouldn't change that that much. So fine, you're going to give it back to plus 130. I'll take it at plus 130. So give me Carolina plus 130 against Tampa Bay. Canes, baby. I like it. That's, that's, fun, that's fun to see those two teams play too. It is. Obviously, the Bolts being the defending cup champions, and, and the Canes are a team that that uh, that have some uh, that are good in their own right. They were East. They went to the Eastern Conference Final. Two, was that two years ago now? So I mean, yeah. it's a team that that that's there. So um, go back to the hardwood, and I'm gonna probably gonna, I might even double dip into this, but um, big numbers, man, big big numbers that I think are just disrespectful in the sense of like there shouldn't be double digit numbers in the SoCon, and I I'm going back or my worst bet and I'm going back to him. Call me crazy. The Citadel's oh, getting wow. 16 points against Furman. 16 points. I mean, they just got piped and they just got piped by Mercer. Like surely they're not going to get smoked like by, by 22, two games in a row. Uh, the Citadel will set a couple decent wins this year. They're, they're not going to lose by more than 16 at Furman. Furman's not that good. They're good, but they're not. There's a good chance Furman can win the SoCon tournament here in Nashville. Uh, but 16 points is a lot, and I like the Bulldogs at least covering. They're not going to lose. I mean, they just got worked by Mercer. They're not going to lose. They're not that bad. They're going to lose this, like that twice in a row. No, surely not. Is the Citadel have a chance to be the first ever back-to-back dumbest bet? <laughs> If, if you yes. if you lose this, they have to go back to back for the dumbest bet of the week. There's a very good chance they could, especially if they get piped again. If they lose by more than thirty, it's a no brainer. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh god, that'll be so funny. I'm, yeah, I'm but almost, that's number I'm, two. I'm almost low key rooting for it. I'm not just kidding. I hope you win. I hope they win the game outright. That'll be that'll be great. Comeback story yeah, here. I'm gonna throw some money on the money line. Yeah, my my third pick. Uh, for my third pick, <laughs> my third pick, I'm going to golf. Um, I told you in the golf segment, I'm go, I'm, I'm sprinkling him to win. Guess what? John Rom is plus 100 for a top 10, even money for John Rom top 10. He's got five top tens in his last six tournaments. And the only one he didn't go top 10, he was 13th. I love John Rom. I'm going to bet him to win, but for my official pick here, I'm taking him top 10. Even money, boom. You bet 10, win 10. That covers the rest of your bets for that for golf. So, John Rom, top 10, even money. Lock it up. Great pick. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a lot of them out there that, that you like. I mean, the, it, or at least like with me, like with the Shambos, I mean, he's plus 200 for a top 10. I mean, sprinkle a little, I'm not picking it, but like I'm just saying, like that, that's what I mean when it comes to that stuff. But, uh, I'm going back to the SoCon. I'm going back to big numbers. <laughs> I'm going to get got twice. Western Carolina's getting 14 at UNCG. Western Carolina's not that bad of a team. 
And UNCG is not that good of a team, although they're playing pretty well. They got a big win over the Mocs, ended their six-game win streak uh, on Saturday. But still, I mean, come on, 14 points? It's a lot of points. For this time of year, these teams aren't that bad. Getting ready for tournament time. They're going to be turning it up. It's going to be good basketball. They're not going to get smoked by more than 14. I like the Catamounts on the road at Furman. So double soak on. I'm dipping twice and double dipping into the soak on, but I just think they're big numbers. As we like to say, Mike, just a bit ignorant, just a little ignorant. If you're if you're a person who really just likes to recreational bet on games you're watching, you don't take any of Ben's picks. Ben's the got king of betting games that just aren't even on real television. You gotta have like ESPN Plus or like. You oh, do. I like it. They're all they're they're we're wonky broadcasts, but they're awesome. They're great. Hey, the fl- fl- hey your Flyers pick. They're they're on NBC Sports uh, Wednesday, so you get a little prime time with the Flyers. Maybe throw on a little. Find some illegal stream of a SoCon hoops game on your laptop. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Citadel and yeah, you could find it. Just give ESPN Plus. A lot of sports fans out. If you're listening to this, there's a good chance you got ESPN Plus. Listen to the night. Listen to the broadcast there in in, in Furman and in, in Greensboro, North Carolina, for some Southern Conference, Southern Conference basketball action. I think those are six winners, Mike. If I ever saw them. Yeah, love it. I don't see a loser. This is, I don't see one either. I can't wait. We'll come back. We'll be coming back in on uh, Friday. New episode will be released, and we'll be at that time five and zero from these picks with John Rom probably leading the tournament uh, down there in Manatee County, Florida, Bradenton, Florida, yeah. Yeah, Suncoast. Yeah. Awesome. Good. To, always good to talk to you, Mike. Always good to see you as well. So when we come back, we're going to get into NASCAR, going down to Homestead. Um, obviously. May even update some golf picks. Who knows? We might might live bet some golf. And then, obviously, a nice weekend full of college hoops as we're inching closer to conference tournament time. It's going to get real fun on here on the competition problem. I had fun today as well. For Mike Guy and Ben Bobick, thank you for listening to the competition problem.